Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Grindhouse, where we drink coffee and talk about movies. I'm Sean Tatro, and today with my girlfriend and co-host, Leah Diana, we will be winding back the reel to... 1990. Plagued by vivid and depressing visions of colonization on Mars, the ordinary construction worker Douglas Quaid nurtures an unquenchable desire to travel to the unknown and distant Red Planet. To decipher his reoccurring nightmares, Quaid enlists the help of the memory implant company Recall to purchase a cheap alternative, the recollection of the ideal virtual vacation. Instead, the procedure backfires, and what Quaid used to perceive as reality is no more. Now someone has put a target on his back. The bullets start flying. The answers that Quaid is seeking are on Mars, leaving the question, what is real? What is a dream? Are Quaid and his family prepared for total recall? (laughs) I'm not sure I understand that description. But let's get into it. Arrest that woman! (laughs) Quaid. Cut. Get ready for a surprise! We can't let him run around. He knows too much. They've got your bug. I get a lock. There! And the bug's in your skull. Take this thing out of the case and stick it up your nose. Don't worry, it's self-guiding. Got him. I lost him. Welcome to Mars. You got a lot of nerve showing your face around here. Look who's talking. your identity and implanted a new one. If I'm not me, who the hell am I? He's got a hologram! Welcome to Johnny Cab. Drive! Where can I take you tonight? Please fasten your seatbelt. I want Quaid delivered alive for reimplantation. That's for making me come to Mars. You wouldn't hurt me. After all, we're married. Consider that a divorce. We hope you enjoyed the ride. Suckers. Tell all your grave robbing friends I want them out of the city now! The nightmare of insane murder. So 
A lot of questionable move, questionable movies in his time, didn't he? Are you talking about Arnie? Oh God, yeah. I mean, we watched. Fuck movie did we watch? We watched Terminator, where he was an alien. He was a cyborg in Terminator. Whatever. Now we're watching another weird movie with aliens, and I would like to point out that one of my favorite Arnie movies is Jingle All the Way. Very different from this. Also, I am really tired of seeing Arnold's butt. This is the second time I've seen his ass. I only saw a small amount of his ass. And already, the man has a small ass. Most bodybuilders t do. I have so many questions about this movie. Actual real like questions I might have some answers okay so let's get into the details of this movie alright well today we watched Total Recall um, this one is directed by the infamous Paul Verhoeven never heard that man's name never? never well Paul Verhoeven is uh most well known for directing these like 90s and late 80s action films things like this uh total uh, total recall wow uh robocop total loss of memory <laughs> total loss of memory um and starship troopers oh that's why i didn't like this movie i hate Starship Troopers. Hate. Hate. That movie. Aren't you guys excited for us to talk about Starship Troopers? Oh my god, I hate it. The only good thing about Starship Troopers is NPH. And even I think he didn't really do a good job. I think that might have been one of his first roles. Dookie Hauser was his first role. Well, I meant like first like big yeah, feature film. film. Yeah, it sucked. Anyways, let's get into this or whatever. Oh, so this one, uh, it's based originally on a book by Philip K. Dick called We Can Remember It For You Wholesale. Um, this one was adapted for the screen by Ronald Shusett, Dan O'Bannon, and Gary Goldman. Dan O'Bannon. Uh, Dan O'Bannon and I believe it was Gary Goldman are the two who originally wrote Alien. Oh, the last movie we did. That featured Dan O'Bannon? Nope, the one that we just did previous to this. What movie did we just record before this one? Literally, today, May 1st. <laughs> Am I alright? Oh, fucking... Uh, Night of the Creeps. Thank you! Um... That director wrote a really big movie. And I forgot He's written a lot. I know. He wrote like a big one. And I was like, oh my god, he wrote that? 
I've lost it. But a lot of these directors have written really good stuff. Like, very, very good stuff. You hear any jingling or any weird noises? I'm trying to amuse our cat because she is obsessed with knocking everything over over here. So I'm trying to, you know, keep her a little. I was just informed that it was facing kind of crooked. So, I mean, I could always do this just to fuck with him. And we're fucked. <laughs> so, how well did this movie do? Um, let's see. So, this movie obviously stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Sharon Stone, Michael Ironside, and Ronnie Cox. <laughs> Scott Speedman. <laughs> Scott. When Michael Ironsides came on the screen, I went, wow, I got them all wrong. They don't even look alike. I don't even think they're the same ethnicity. For, for some damn reason, Leah I, seems to, every time she hears Michael Ironsides' name, she thinks of Scott, Scott Speedman. Scott Speedman from the Underworld series. These two are nothing alike. They nope. have nothing in common. I'm I don't... also the woman who says... Jonah Quinn Phoenix and have all my life and have been corrected by you several times and don't care. God damn it. <laughs> so what was the budget for this film? Uh, so this movie was made on a budget of somewhere between 48 and 80 million dollars. Jesus There's Christ. no exact number. Uh, but it brought in a box office return of Two hundred and sixty-one point four million. So it was a blockbuster. Yeah, I'd say this was a monumental success. But I don't remember this movie in the nineties. I just remember the name Total Recall, and when I thought of Total Recall, I thought of Terminator. I thought it was along the same lines. But to be fair, you also weren't a fan of action movies. I was five when this came out, so no. Exactly. So, like, you probably wouldn't have seen this. It wouldn't have piqued your interest to begin with. You probably watched this out of the womb. Not out of the womb, but very early on. Oh, so it wasn't a womb with a view? Ha-ha! Ha! No. Um, this, uh... This was one that I saw... Oh, I can't even remember the first time I saw it, but... It was very early. So, like, yeah, I was... I was watching this crazy violence and three-breasted women. <laughs> I thought there was, like, a three-breasted woman in, like, an Asian dress. No. Where's that one from? Uh, I'm not sure. I know the only other three-breasted woman I can think of is there's a three-breasted cat woman in one of the uh, Star Trek movies. Hmm. Well, I knew that there was a three-breasted woman in this movie. Uh, therefore, I will be speaking to your parents again about how, what age is appropriate for you to watch films. This one might have been my uncle's fault. Look, after meeting him, I understand. <laughs> He's a good guy. He's a good guy, sure. You were also under the age of 18! Yeah, fuck it. Oh, God. So... Let me just preface this by saying this movie was not what I was expecting. And what exactly were you expecting? I was expecting more of like a Terminator non-stop fucking bullshit action. 
that movie started and never fucking stopped. And to this day, Sarah Connor is still running, in my opinion. So. Well, alright, so to be fair, Terminator is written to be essentially a, a, one ongoing pursuit for the from start to finish. Yes. Uh, this movie, it's a lot more heady. It's a lot more... There's a lot more intellectual ideas that they're playing with. Yeah. This one's a smarter film. Oh, by far. And I, you did say there were a lot more jokes in this one. And Arnie definitely is funnier in this one. Even though Terminator has better classic one-liners. Well, in Terminator, he's the villain. Unless you're thinking of Terminator 2. I've never seen Terminator 2. All I know is there's some sort of blue, uh, silver goo dude, and he's a cop. We'll get to that. Is that Terminator 2? <laughs> yes. Is that is that Scott Speedman? Nope. <laughs> was Scott Speedman even born? <laughs> I'm sure he was born. Was he even? <laughs> did he even hit puberty? I don't know. I'm look. I'm all turning around with these fucking Arnie movies. Anytime there's an Arnie movie, I'm just fucked unless it Sinbad's in it and then it's fine oh jeez ow um so yeah th- this movie it it deals with a lot more like based on a Philip K. Dick novel like his themes and stuff in his books are usually pretty grand this was this story was a a good stretch because if you think about the storyline of this, it's pretty incredible to think about. Like, okay, like it's 2048, I think they said, or 2050 something. I can never remember the date. 2084. Because I was, I, as we were getting to the end of it, I figured out like how it was going to go down. I was like, I want to read the synopsis so I have a little. So it's 2085. The book is 2047 or 2048. So it's 2084. And he has this wonderful life and this wonderful wife and he goes to work every day, but it's the, the, I want something more out of my life. Like, I feel like something's missing. I want a grand adventure or some shit like that. And it actually, I don't know. It, it was better than I was thinking it would be. Stop the presses. Oh no. It was better than you thought. Yeah, it was. It was better than I thought it was gonna be. (laughs) GTFO. Actually, GT. Why? Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Um. So I'm gonna let you lead on this one because my comments were more snarky my thing uh yeah well I mean I didn't really break it down step by step I just kind of took notes Mm. um but essentially this movie starts off with a a dream um we see two people in spacesuits walking on Mars um essentially we quickly see that one of them's Arnie the other one is this lady um this mystery girl Arnie missteps he f- 
falls down a mountain. His, his face on helmet snow. breaks, and and then you get the he, he immediately the starts freaking out. Which basically, this movie starts with a patented Arnie scream. Oh. And his like eyes are bulging out and shit, and then he wakes up. I'm so sorry for the peaking that just happened. Uh, <laughs> um, he uh, he wakes up and he's in bed next to Sharon Stone. <laughs> Sharon Stone was naked for most of the '90s, wasn't she? That's it. You act- that actually brings up a good uh, a good fun fact. Apparently, so when they made this movie, Paul Verhoeven really wanted to have her be topless at one point. Yeah. Which most directors working with Sharon Stone at that point did. Yes. This was before Basic Instinct. I was gonna say she showed her vagina to the whole vagina vagina. She showed her vagina. She showed her fucking vagina to the whole world at one point. Yes. Uh. So this, she refused to show anything in this movie. Okay. But Arnie got to show his bum. Well, to be fair, that I don't even think that was supposed to be seen. It just kind of happened in the shot. I also think Arnie likes showing off his bum. Well, he's a bodybuilder. He doesn't care. Um, but yeah, she refused to show anything, which is kind of funny because I'm pretty sure, and I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure Paul Verhoeven, I think he directed Basic Instinct, so it was only a couple years later. Okay, let's see. I think I might still have all this shit up. Okay. Sharon Stone. I'm going to go for Basic Instinct. And it was directed by Paul Verhoeven two years Boom. later. Look at you! Oh, wow. So that's that's really funny. Like, she refused to do it in this movie. A couple of years later, she showed well, everything. Maybe maybe because she was just nervous about it. I mean, some women can be like, no, I don't want to show. And then, you know, hey, well, well, I don't want to show my tits, but let's show the downstairs. Well, I think it also helped that, all right, Basic Instinct was a much... Much more, um... That's a dark movie, right? It's a dark movie, but it's also a much more serious film. And it starred Michael Douglas, who was huge at the time. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm thinking... uh, There was probably a lot of elements that, like, drew her to, like, alright, I can do it for that one. Alright, I'll do this one, yeah. I mean, who's gonna take a movie seriously when there's a three-breasted lady? A lot of kids in the 90s. <laughs> you get off by the three bested lady? No, actually. Really? Really? Oh, we know who your type is. Heather Langenkamp. Listen. Alright. Like plain girls. You like plain brunettes. Who don't who don't want to sleep ever because, you know, you have said sleeping wastes time sometimes. I've been told that Da Vinci never slept because he said it was a waste of time. He also was riddled with STDs. He had a lot of issues. <laughs> yeah, like he was crazy. Oh no, it's Miller time. Goes the last one. <laughs> um. Yeah, my whole thing with that whole beginning scene was like, ew, ew, this is gross, ew. Only because like it was. Sharon Stone does a great job with faking emotion. Like, you could tell 
there's something wrong with this lady. It didn't feel genuine. She was well, trying too hard. Like, are you, Arnie was like, oh, are you jealous of a dream? She's like, who is she? It's not funny. I'm like, that's kind of stupid. Like, I realize you're playing a character, but you're hamming it up too much. Which is great uh, for Sharon Stone because she was playing a woman playing a character. Well, that's that's my what I, my thing is like you have to look at everybody's performances in this movie minus Arnie's really mm. as someone playing someone playing someone else. Yes. So there's layers to everybody. It's like pretending on pretending on pretending on. Yeah. And I, I think that's one of the things now that I really like about the movie, like it's. There's a lot of different. It's like an onion. Like you have to like look past. Peel the layers. You have to peel the layers and look <laughs> past like what you see on the surface because there's a lot of different like sub. There's like performances beneath performances. Yeah. And there's like de- plot details beneath plot details. It, it's kind of intricate mm-hmm. for a like action thriller. Yeah, for a 90s action thriller. And I will say, you can see the practical effects in the beginning when Arnie's face is blowing up on in the dream. Practical effects in this are pretty good. Yeah, that's actually one of the notes I made, is that the practical effects throughout this, like the, the fake heads, like the articulated heads and stuff that they use throughout the movie, mm. they're all extremely good for 1990 they're very exaggerated there's a there's like when he's suffocating it's such an exaggeration of what it would look like but damn is it is it good for 90s but it also that exaggeration plays very well into uh paul verhoven's at the time he was very overzealous with his violence yes so like if you look at Things like, alright, so this um, RoboCop, Starship Troopers, all the, the the blood squibs and stuff in that in those movies, they're over the top. Yeah. It's like he, he fucking strapped a water balloon to somebody's chest and just had it erupt every time somebody got shot. Oh and, my god, yeah. Some of the some of the scenes where you're shooting like a basic regular gun was blasting out half their chest. I'm like, dude. That's a lot, man. That's... Woo! The blood budget I, must have been ridiculous. I wish he still did th- that type of stuff. Cause what he does doesn't... he do now? Uh, now, I honestly haven't looked into him in a long time, but mm. he's. I know he kind of switched over to like more tame things. He looks kind of scary. He's a Dutch director. Let's see. What was his last movie he did? Vendetta. Biblical drama film about a 17th century nun who joins an Italian covenant and has become a lesbian has a lesbian love affair with another nun. So he's sticking with the multiple boobs thing. Ella tricked. He does a lot of thought-provoking movies. Yeah, he he really always has, honestly. Hollow Man. He directed Showgirls. 
Yeah. I've always wanted to see Showgirls. Wow. Okay. All right. Showgirls seems like it. That's one of those movies that I've always wanted to see, but never really looked into, just because I don't know if it's something that I would be into. Yeah, I'm the same. Like I've, I never actually like sat down and like really watched it. Like it's been, I've kind of sat through some of it, mm. but it was at the time never something I was interested in. So I never like super, like. I sat down to like focus on it mm. um but so after the initial dream sequence he wakes up next to Sharon Stone they have their little little morning moment uh she brings the up sex or the no the, on a trip to Saturn she brings up the um the fact that he's been dreaming about this mystery woman um for a while and they kind of like she gets a little upset about it but he talks her down mm. and then it cuts over to Quaid in the kitchen mm-hmm. um, he's making himself a protein shake or something of course uh, yeah it was very chunky and yellow but there were no bananas put into it so I'm like what are you eating uh, future food um, he <laughs> so he's making himself a protein shake he's watching the news and seeing seeing like footage of the uh, revolution that's happening on Mars, mm. and this is on rewatching. This is where it, it really becomes clear to me, and it's compounded later on. But how stupid Douglas Quaid actually is! Look, Arnie usually plays pretty convincingly smart convincingly smart characters. I don't know if Arnie is actually a smart human being. I, I honestly don't know. What did you do? Our cat's a psychopath. Oh my god. She's fighting with me right now. This is what I have to do. I have to keep her entertained with this thing or else she's going to knock everything in our apartment over. Um. Well... So yeah, I'm trying to figure out my notes here. He uh he's watching this footage, his wife comes in and she changes she changes, changes it off like it's like this beautiful scenery background with like this lovely music and I'm like, "Huh, interesting." But uh he immediately is like, "Lori, let's do it. Let's move to Mars." And she's like, "What?" And you think about it, it's like you were literally just watching people get mowed down in the streets on Mars and you want to move there. Yeah, but when you're passionate about something and when you're convinced, like, there's some reason why I need to be there, you know? No, I, I mean, I get it. But the same point is made later on when he's talking, he talks to his friend at work and he's like, hey, Harry, did you ever hear about Recall? And then yeah. uh, Harry tells him all about... How oh, yeah, a friend of his got uh, fucking lobotomized. Yeah, because of it. It's like, and then literally it card cuts from there to him walking into recall. It's like anything this man's told. No, don't do that. He just does the complete fucking opposite, which I appreciate. This is my uh... friend was like, oh yeah, no, don't do that. It'll kill you. All right, let's see what happens. Yeah, why not, right? I mean, I get it. It's just really, it's. It's funny to see, like, 
his character. Like, it's like, oh, here's evidence why you shouldn't do something. Mm. And then he immediately does it anyway. <laughs> hey, he's... Uh... He's weird. So he gets to the recall place. And this dude, he's like, oh, I want to go visit... I want to go visit Mars. Oh, let me convince you somewhere else. No, I want to go to Mars. All right. Well, do you want to go to Mars as someone else? And he's like, oh, okay. So they're building the program of who he's going to be. And it looks exactly like the woman from the beginning. Yes. Um, that... That's kind of like one of your first little, like, what the fuck moments yeah, of like, the movie. Like, wait a minute, like, you're building that character as a spy. Foreshadowing. There's a lot of layers to this fucking this movie. This movie has like, so many layers, and I feel like one viewing... This is my first viewing ever. One viewing is not enough. That's what I feel like. No, I feel like if we were to watch this again at some we'd point... we find even more shit. Yeah, for, for sure. Like, I've found so much more just from watching it throughout the years. Mm. I feel like definitely if you watch this again, you'd be like, oh. Yep. Oh. Like, as it goes on. Um. So, yeah. He he goes into recall. That, like you said, uh, they begin the process of. Yeah, they sedate him. They haven't even installed the memory chip yet. And he starts going fucking berserk. Yes. Like he says, like I'm not supposed. Uh, you're gonna blow my cover. I'm not supposed to be awake yet. What are you doing? Stop! And he starts beating the shit out of people. And then they have to sedate him even more. So then they wipe his memory of him, in, of him ever being there, and send him on his way in a taxi. Like, oh, we fucked up. Here, bye. Now, my question number one: Did the people at Recall have any fucking idea of who he actually was, or do they just think, oh, he's Donald Quaid and he's fucking spaz. Yeah, I, I don't believe they w they would have had no way of knowing. Yeah. Okay. Because that was one thing. Like, I was like, oh, he's already been there, and somebody else has wiped his memory, and like they were already panicking. Like, oh, someone wiped his memory. We got to get him out of here. Like, was there something like they found like the tracker in his head? And no, I think um, so. I think the idea there is that he, they can tell that he's had a memory implant before. Yes. And outside of them, the only people that can do that are the agency, which is like the government. The gov okay. All right. So immediately that's like, oh, fuck, we gotta, we can't be involved in yeah, this. Yeah, we have to wipe this clean, don't even ever prove that he's here. But it seems like ever since that happened, like, when he went to recall is when all of his trouble happened. Not necessarily his interest in Mars, but when after he walked out of that building, that's when everybody was like, oh, okay, well, now we gotta catch you, you're fucked. That kind of thing, right? Yeah, essentially. <sighs> um, but he wakes up in the cab. Um, he's being brought home. This is, and the cab is a Johnny cab. Did you recognize the robot in any way? I did not, no. Was I supposed to? Well, so the Johnny cab is... Uh, I wrote it down. Hang on. Because off the top of my head, I'm an idiot. 
Uh, the Johnny Cab is modeled after Robert Picardo. I don't know who that is. Robert so, Picardo? Yes, Robert Picardo is... He played the guy in Gremlins 2 who... who uh, he was like the bad guy that worked for the company. Oh, he was in Star Trek Voyager. Yes, he was. He played the holographic doctor. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Was, All right. I see it now. Yes, he was. It's the face and everything of the robot was modeled after him, and he did the voice for it. Oh, that's so cool. Does it give him credit? It does. It gives him credit. It's the Johnny Cab voice and image. Oh, cool. He's an interesting man. He's had a hell of a career, too. Oh, my God. He's been in so much. He's been in so much space stuff. Holy shit. Of course. Um, so, yeah. He wakes up in the cab. The cab <coughs> brings him home. Um, he, As soon as he gets out of the cab, he's greeted by Harry. Um and Harry's immediately questioned him, oh, how was your trip to Mars? And obviously, Quaid doesn't remember this. Yeah, I didn't go to Mars. And he's like, yeah, you did. You, you went to recall. I told, I told you told not, not to. to. And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And my question is, how did Harry know he went to recall? I think maybe because he showed up there. I think his friend Harry was following him the whole time. I'm convinced that Harry was waiting outside of, of recall and then when he was watching him leave or watching them throw him in the cab, he followed him home. Which makes a lot of sense because it's very obvious that Harry is like a spy. a spy. Yeah, he's not very... Even when he's answering questions like, oh no, my, my, my friend of mine got lobotomized. I'm like, what's up with you? You're not just some random friend. You are like... You are a, you are a plant. <laughs> you are a bug. Um. So they... Arnold Arnie essentially gets jumped by Harry's goons. They pull him off to the side. How many men do you think jumped him at that point? Because it looked like about seven or eight people. I think there was only five. Five? He busted the shit out of Harry them. included. Yeah. And he killed all of them? Every single one of them. In brutal fashion. Brutal. There was so <laughs> much blood. Holy shit, man. So much blood. I look like a floozy. Um, so Arnold takes out all the guys. He then goes, rushes back up to his apartment um, where Sharon Stone is working out to a hologram. Uh, I, uh, excuse me, sorry. It looks like she's, <laughs> she's, she's do getting tennis lessons from somebody. Yeah, I think it's, it's kind of like watching a uh, this this came out during the era of VHS. Yeah. So this it's like she's watching one of those um, like a workout tape, like a instructional tape for kinda tennis. Like you're watching Richard Simmons, but uh, holographic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, Arnold comes in, he interrupts, uh, and he's just freaking out. He's like, "They tried to they tried to kill me." Um, Harry tried to kill me. He's a spy or something. And uh, he tells her she went to he went to recall, and she immediately is upset. Like, oh, why did you go there? What did you do? You're hallucinating. You're having a problem. 
and he shows her his hands. He goes, do you think this is fucking crazy? And she just freaks out and starts to try and kill him. Yes. But she makes a phone call to somebody first. Yeah, you see her go to the phone and she's like, I'm going to call the doctor. And he's like, don't call anybody. He goes to wash his hands. Yeah. And you see Michael Ironside show up on the phone. Scott Speedman. Not Scott Speedman. That's what I'm going to call it. He's not Scott Speedman. There's Scott Speedman and not Scott Speedman. That's a tongue. Michael Ironside, I'm so sorry. <laughs> not your fault, buddy. It's just my brain works different. Um... But yeah, he comes out of the bathroom and someone, the whole apartment's dark, someone's shooting at him. He gets the upper hand and realizes, turns the light on realizes it's his wife. It's his wife. Um, she, he immediately, he, I don't know, like he they fight the upper, for a little he, while. Yeah, and then he gets the upper hand and he's, he starts asking her questions. He's like, why are you doing this? You're my wife. She's like, no, I'm not. I was implanted six weeks ago. Like, they wiped your memory and gave you a new one, and he's just, like, processing all of this, and he's not processing it very well. He's like, fuck. <laughs> oh, and then, um, while they're fighting, Arnie looks at her at one point and goes, clever girl. <laughs> this is three years prior to Jurassic Park. Man, Total Recall, you lost the rights to this phrase. You had it for a little while, and... You just, you lost it. Oh, you got beat up by a prehistoric creature. <laughs> but it did, that did make me laugh pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's a good moment. I like that one. That one was pretty good. Um, so, he realizes that she's stalling, um, for oh, Michael Ironside and these guys. Let's have sex. You can tie me up. Oh, you weren't that kinky when we were married. She's like, hey, what I am and she's like her eyes are just doing this and he realizes oh great you're stalling for time you giant bitch um, he knocks her out he escapes and then uh, Michael Ironside and the guys show up and we learn that Sharon Stone is actually Michael Ironside's girlfriend yeah Why? so I don't know her oh Lori and Richter Lori is and Richter, yeah. uh, his name so She's legally married to Quaid, but she's well, with, but she's actually Hauser's wife. But I guess that comes out later, like, why he did that whole thing and blah, blah, I don't know. Like, it, it's more deeper into the plot, and there's so many layers to it that I'll ask my next question later. Okay. But, oh my god. Also, my comment was, um, that man needs some anger management. Michael Ironside has always played such an angry human being, but I know in real life he's he not. He plays it so well. He does, but he's not an angry human. He's a very nice, calm guy, from what I understand. Generally. Yeah. I've never seen him be... He's always played assholes, though. Always. It's generally, like, if you see somebody always playing a bad guy, mm. or, like, somebody... Oh, this guy's always playing somebody angry, or somebody violent, or... In, usually they're the complete opposite in real life. Yeah. And I think that's just a trait like that most people have is they can play the opposite of what they are really yeah. well. Um so following this they pursue Quaid. Uh we learn that they have a tracker on him. Yep. Um he there's like the whole chase sequence where they're following him through the Whatever I assume this is like an 
apartment complex. Yeah, like apartment complex or something, because they are like hardcore following him to the ends of the fucking earth. It almost looks like a mall, yeah. the way it's set up. And then he ends up at like a hotel. Yeah, he ends up at a hotel, and or am I I'm missing? I, I don't no, know. This, he. This all kind of like meshed a little. He ends up at a hotel, um, because he's trying to hide, and this is after the big like action sequence where uh, he murders a bunch of people on an escalator, and yep. that's where some of the best squibs in the movie show up. Um, squibs. The bullet hits. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, and uh, fun fact about that, one of the guys in this opening action sequence yes. that he actually gets gunned down during the escalator part is Arnold's stunt double. Is that the one that somebody steps on? Um, Like they step on one of their chests. It's possible. I, I wasn't paying attention at that exact moment. Hmm. But I noticed, I actually had never noticed it before this viewing. But I was like, oh my god, that's fucking Arnold's stunt double that he always uses. <laughs> and I just happened to notice his face. And I was like, oh fuck, that's him. He's one of them. That's so cool. That is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, uh, and then there's the infamous um, x-ray machine scene. Yep. Which I guess, at the time, that was some of like the mo- the best CG there had been. I can't. I I see a few flaws now that it's 2022. A it's a few, little rigid, but there's not much flaws to that. That is incredible. No, it matches the movements of the people coming out of it very perfectly. Very well. Yeah. Um, it's just a little like slightly rigid when they're yeah. in there. But then again, this is 1990. This is 22 years ago. That's incredible for 22 years ago. I agree. It is really well done. Um, Arnold gets away by getting on a subway. Um, that's when he ends up at the the hotel mm-hmm. where he he gets to the hotel and immediately gets a phone call. Yes, immediately. And um, the guy calling him is actually right outside of his hotel room. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy is explaining. Hey, you said if anything ever happened to you, I was a, your friend in the agency. You told me to find you and give you the suitcase. So he leaves the suitcase for him. All runs outside to get it, where and a little old lady has already happened upon it, and uh, he struggles with her and then rips it out of her hand. Oh, this comes with two of not my favorite line, but two of my favorite, where the dude goes, "Come on, hurry up! You look beautiful." And then the little old lady's fighting him off, and she's like, Fuck you, you asshole, for taking his own suitcase that she was going to steal. Yeah. I was like, what is happening? So after that, he runs out into, like, what appears to be, like, a main section of the city. How many ads could you count in that one scene that are still around? The only ones that I ever pay attention to are the, uh, well, there's the one for the Ritz that he looks at, because that's yeah. the hotel. But then there's Fujifilm and um, Coca-Cola. There's Philip Panasonic. Is or there? just Philips. Yeah, there's a big Philips sign. I mean, that's still around. And then there was, like, Galaxy Tourism and a couple other ones in the corner. But I was like, Fujifilm, huh? Is that still around anymore? 
Yeah, it is. Fujifilm is still around? Yeah, they uh, they switched to just Fuji. They're just but... Fuji now? But I laughed. I was like, wow, some of these companies are still here today. So props to you. I mean, we're still 60-something years in the future from this point. At that point, it was like 95. Now we're like closer to like 60-something. A lot of those places are still around. So uh, let's hope Coca-Cola doesn't ever close. Or else that's gonna be tank. oh god. <laughs> Cause you're not you're not a sody person. I We're not sody people here. Um Where where were we? Uh so he gets in the there's a big runaround where he gets in the Johnny Cab and rips the Johnny Cab dude out and he takes that and runs away. Um and they're trying to track him but they're having a hard time because he put a wet towel over his head. So they're kind of they Supposed can pinpoint to the, the signal, yeah they can pinpoint the area but they don't know exactly where he is. Um, so once he gets to like this old abandoned something they said what it was but I don't remember. Uh, he opens the case. He's starting to listen stuff, read stuff, and then he has to take what looks like a brain scrambler and put it in his nose and pull out the. The, the thing that's tracking him. And this is one of the best uh, scenes to show off those like articulated heads. The practical on that, you could tell because the practical heads are a little too exaggerated and on better looking Blu-ray version, I'm like, I can see the painting lines. But it was because it was so close and they didn't expect us to be able to watch this shit in 4K. Um, I put, oh look, they predicted COVID tests 22 years early. Uh, because it, he says you have to put it up to your nose. It's self-guided. It'll go through your nose. Don't worry. It has to put, shove it in real deep and you're going to feel it. And I'm like, I'm having PTSD to all the COVID tests I've had to have where they're like, okay, sit still. I'm going to shove this in two inches. And you're sitting there going, huh, huh you're in my brain. Like, so yeah. Um, um, there's that. And then there's also holograms, which he has like. He puts on a bracelet, which gives him a perfect copied image of himself, which is really cool. And I wish that I wish that he would have used it more. Yeah, it's really only placed in there so that he can use it at the end. Yeah, but I mean, he could have used it so many more times to get away a little more efficiently if he would have just like. But I don't know if it was like a short range hologram where he couldn't like really use it all too much. I don't know. Well, I think it was definitely a short-range thing, but yeah. he definitely could have used it more than he did. Yeah. I mean, right away, he could have used it when, in the next scene, where he poses as this really tall, really big lady. And it, it starts to fuck up, and it starts to, like, he starts to have a problem. So I wish he could have used the hologram when they were like, that, that's, uh, I forgot his name already. Quaid. That's Quaid! And he just goes, oh, bink! Oh, there's Quaid! Quaid's over there! And he could run away. I wish he would have used that. Yes. Um, so yeah. He gets the tracker out of his nose, gets rid of it, gives it, shoves it in a candy bar and throws it to rats. Um, the guys show up, they think he's still there, they're shooting at it, they realize that he's not there. Yep. Um, but, they know... They shoot up the message that Hauser left for himself. Yep. Uh, 
and it's now glitched on just get your ass to Mars. Get your ass to Mars, yeah. So he, so that we transition to Mars because yep. they know he's going there. Um, Richter and the guys are, they show up at, on Mars. They're ex- there to track down Quaid. Um, and as you just said, there's a woman who's like starts freaking out in the processing area because yeah, he says oh what do you have any fruits or vegetables to declare and she's like two weeks two weeks two weeks two weeks and i'm like what fucked up what fucked up in the head for you to like nah, 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 nah. well i think it was uh he only pre-programmed so many responses yeah so it was how long are you planning on staying two weeks he didn't expect the the food question to declare I mean, that's definitely a question that you get in airports internationally. How many... Do you have any fruits or vegetables to declare? Did you take anything into the country that could possibly be deemed illegal? I mean, and going to certain countries, you wouldn't imagine certain things are illegal. But in the Middle East, I know, you cannot bring sex toys to the Middle East. None. At all. So if you are planning to bring, you know, you're going alone and you plan on bringing your little pocket rocket buddy, you cannot bring that there. At all. Because it's a very conservative country. Or there's conservative countries. Why do I know this? Because I watch a lot of TikTok. Okay? Out myself from my Too TikTok. much TikTok. Hey, I enjoy TikTok and it's bullshit. Anyway, um, so one of my favorite parts of this sequence is the, the fact that like when you watch it, when you watch this, it starts to transition from the actress to the fake head and all that. There's no feasible way that this thing works. Like, how... Like, you see this giant rod come out. And, like, where would Arnie's head be in this fucking thing? <laughs> it makes no sense. Look, the future is bullshit. <laughs> the future in movies is absolutely bullshit. Almost all the time. I don't know. It's just... It's not logistically sound. But... Also, Richter. I want to slap this man. Because... He is shooting willy-nilly to kill this man. And you are in a bubble with compressed air to keep people alive. And you shoot out the windows. Yes. This man is a psycho. This is his character, though. Like, he's very... He's a loose cannon. He's he's off the rails. And he doesn't give a shit if he kills other people. Everybody is cannon fodder except for his target. Exactly. And he's still going to kill his target anyway, so... I don't know. I just... Every time that man comes on screen, great actor, I wanted this man to just get murdered every second he was on screen. Eventually. I hated him. But I guess that was the purpose. Exactly. Oh, no, I have questions about that, too. Oh, boy. This movie makes me have so many questions about the story. Maybe because I was very interested in the story, or maybe because, I don't know, something's bothered me about the story. So, we'll see. Um, so, big shootout, once they realize Quaid is there, he, uh, he gets away, Mm -hmm. of course. Um, we then follow him, he gets on a train, um, he heads to the, uh, what the hell do they call it? The, um, it's basically like the, the sex district. Oh, the lo- oh, the lost something. 
Oh no, the the bar is the last resort. I just meant they the district. They didn't call it Sector Sixty Nine, did they? No, it was like it was like a it had like a name, like it was like the this is not it, but it was like the Lavender District. You know what I mean? It was like oh, something. Oh yeah, yep, yeah. I just can't remember what it was. I don't remember what the name of it was. Um, but he goes there. He goes to the last resort. Um, to find oh. No, I skipped over. He he goes to a, a ho- the hotel he, he goes, was supposed yeah, to go to. Yeah, he goes to. to the hotel he's supposed to. Um, he checks in. They there was something left in the safety deposit box. Yep. He gets the that, and there was a note left in there. It's essentially a flyer for the last resort. Uh, and <laughs> I just got that. Come get your girls at the last resort because they're the last resort. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, but on the back of it it says uh, for a good time, ask for Melina. Yep. And I th- always thought this was a really cool detail, like that he he sees that note and then he's he's like, oh, can I borrow your pen? And writes he wants Melina. To see if he was the one that wrote it or if someone else did. It, it's just a nice little touch. It's like he's double checks to see if that's his handwriting, yeah. and it is. Um, so he goes. Takes a cab to the last resort. Uh, this is where we meet Benny, our wacky comic relief kind why, of. Why are all these types of characters named Benny? And I would like to point out, um, Benny from Mummy Returns, the Mummy. Hey, Benny! You're... <laughs> hey, O'Connor! Looks like I got all the camels. Hey, Benny! Looks like you're on the wrong side of the river. <laughs> oh god oh oh that's in the wheelhouse that's in the wheelhouse Brendan Fraser Brendan Fraser um so Benny takes him to the last resort mm-hmm. um where he this is where we're introduced to the three-breasted woman the infamous three-breasted woman um the <laughs> we are introduced to uh, Tony. Tony. Who do you know who plays Tony? No. And if you say Tony Shalhoub, I'm gonna laugh my <laughs> ass off. No. Uh, Tony's played by Dean Norris. So he's most. You've probably seen him in a thousand things. He's most famous these days for his role in Breaking Bad. All right. Let's uh, let's back the bus up. This is a very early performance from with from him, and he's under heavy prosthetics. What was his name? Dean Norris. Oh, that's who I thought Michael Ironsides actually was, and you can nope. kind of see, yeah. <laughs> um, Breaking Bad. What else was he? He was in something else that I know. He's in tons and tons of shit. He was in Terminator Two. Scary stories to tell in the dark. Yes. We saw that and I don't remember seeing it. That's because that movie sucked. It wasn't the... Oh, he's in the cell. Oh, he plays the bad guy in the cell. Yeah. (gasps) I'm sorry. What is this bullshit of a poster as opposed to the poster we have for it? Listen... 
there's a thousand alternate posters for bigger movies, and most of them suck ass. Oh wait, I'm wrong. That's who, no, that's the bad guy. Oh. Wait a minute. Then who does he play? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Well, that's interesting. Okay, that's we're gonna save that for an actual cell watch through because that was something I did not know. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm you're losing me on this this uh, this one. Um, yeah, there, but he he was under very very heavy prosthetics. I mean, his whole half this half of the face is completely gone. So all you saw was like this much in his ear. For that guy. Yeah. 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 He's under a lot of makeup in this movie, a which lot. doesn't hinder his performance in no, my opinion. No, his performance is amazing. Um, he's not in a whole lot, but the scenes that he's in, he does a good job. Yes. I do like the element of you're introduced to the mutants who have abilities. All mutants look like they have abilities in this movie. And there's a little mutant girl who I'm being invaded. You are being invaded. Uh, there's a little mutant girl who talks to um, Arnie character, help me, Quaid. And she's like, oh, I can tell you what your birthday is. You're a Taurus. And obviously Quaid doesn't know anything. And he's just like, oh, you're you're such a sweet little girl. Like, you know, da, da, da. And then he asks Benny what's happened with them. Well, they were in the, they were among the first you know, people here and the, they didn't have enough oxygen and Copenhagen suffocated their oxygen so it what? Cohagen. <laughs> I'm sorry I heard Copenhagen the whole time so I'm thinking there's this Swedish <laughs> fucking enemy he's gonna be like yeah and the meatballs will come and take over like I honestly I heard Copenhagen so many times Cohagen. Cohagen. well I'm gonna be calling it Copenhagen the whole episode just so you know you'll have to correct me most of the time but I guess this guy is this guy is an absolute asshole from the moment between Richter and him like you made people give their lives for this mineral that they that they're farming off of Mars 
that it mutated the people there, so now you treat them like second-class citizens, even though you're the reason why they're like this. Oh, yeah, Kohagen's a fucking piece of shit. Piece of fucking work, man. Holy Christ. You know who's not a piece of shit, or at least wasn't at this point? Benny? Arnie. No. And I'm not talking about in the movie. So, a fun fact I'd like to work in here, and I honestly can't think of a better place to do it, mm-hmm. is that uh, during production of this movie, Arnold noticed that Michael Ironside was like constantly on the phone between takes. Mm. And... As someone who's, he had a stake in this movie, he was like really involved in the production as he is with most of the stuff he's in, mm. he pulled them aside and he was like, uh, he's like, you know, what's going on, man? Like you're, you're, you're head, your head's not in this. What's, what's happening? Um, and Apparently, Michael Ironside told him that he was phoning his sister, who was, at the time, she was suffering through cancer. Oh, wow. And the moment he told him that, Arnold immediately took Michael Ironside to his trailer, and they sat there and had an hour-long three-way conversation between the two of them and Michael Ironside's sister on the phone. Um, And Arnold talked her through all these different exercises that she could do and what kinds of foods that she could eat to uh, help her through that. And apparently, to this day, Michael Ironside has never forgotten how kind he was during that whole process. Now, did Arnie have cancer, or did anybody in his family have cancer? No, I think he's just, like, his background in... um, weightlifting and bodybuilding nutrition and stuff yeah he just he knew some tricks that she could use to like strengthen her her, core and everything wow and I've heard a lot of bad negative stuff about Arnold in real life yes in recent years I have to say like that's that's absolutely incredible to uh to see or to hear about my co-star has abandoned her post because our cat is being a fucking shitheel. It's hot in this apartment. It is getting hot in this apartment. We live in the attic. 67 degrees outside. <coughs> We're roasty toasty princesses right now. <laughs> I think you've lost your co-star. <laughs> <laughs> Um, alright, so where were we? Um, so, he gets to the last resort, and he says to the bartender, I'm looking for Melina. Melina's busy. Melina has certain clientele that she keeps up. So, at this point, you realize that, hmm, this isn't really a... An esta- a uh, ladies of the night establishment. This is something. Well, I think to some degree it is. It, to some degree it is, but you realize this is a front, and a very well hidden front, because it has double meaning. The last resort meaning the girls here are on their you know not the best, but the last resort meaning the last stand for these rebels that are fighting the fight to get Mars back under some sort of normal human control. 
Very well named. It is very well named. There are a lot. I bet you we could sit here and pick apart the script just with the nuances that were supposed to be in it and the words and stuff. Like, it is... It is very, very cool. Um, so he pulls out cash and says, I'll make it worth her while, you know, and meets Melina. And Melina is straight up a dick to Quaid right away. Like, you didn't tell me, you didn't call, like, what is happening? What's going on? So you really realize that Melina has no idea what happened to him in the last six weeks. Like, he has basically disappeared from Mars and no one knows what happened to him. Um, recall agent is a trip. Recall agent is a trip. What? I assume this is one of your notes. Yeah. I assume, is it the guy that shows up at his hotel? Yeah, I think I think my notes. I I watched the whole Molina thing, and I didn't really have much notes because there's a lot of information there. You realize that. He and Melina got really close. There was something really genuine there, and he mentions like, "Oh, I was on, I was on Earth, I was implanted back on Earth, and I have a wife." And she freaks out, and he's like, "No, no, no, it's not like that. Like, she's not really my wife. We're married, but I was forced into all this when they wiped my memory. I don't know who." She kept calling Hauser, and he's like, "I don't know who Hauser is. Like, I'm Quaid." She's like, "You're Hauser." Like, and you get a lot more information here. Like, oh. Like, Quaid really isn't who he is. Like, he's this guy, Hauser. Okay. And now, like, she's like, oh, I'll, I'll make you believe that you did love me once. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Um, it's just a lot of information until she kicks him out. Yeah, she essentially pulls a gun on him and is like, get out. You need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. To which, like, he's like, okay, now what's my next step at this point? Like, I'm not sure what to do right now. So, he goes back with Benny back to his hotel. Yeah, uh, Benny, you assume Benny takes him back to his hotel. We actually kind of just transition there. Yeah. Um, but he's back at his hotel. He's watching Cohagen's announcement about, uh, I think he increased... Um, oh, he declared martial law. Yeah. And um, then he gets a knock at the door. And it's someone from the recall technologies saying, oh, you're, you never came out of your stasis, basically. You're trapped. You know, you're, you're schizophrenic hallucinations. You need to take this pill to get out. And he's like, oh, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. And then all of a sudden, Sharon Stone shows back up. And you're like... And it was at this point that I was like, wait a minute, is he still there? Is this all a lot? Like, it got me until, and he was convinced too, until the doctor started sweating. And that's when Arnie was like, holograms don't sweat. And shoots him right in the fucking head. Holy shit. And then Sheridan Stone goes all, like, fucking badass lady on him. And walls are breaking down and, like... The government's coming in, or the Mars, like, army's coming in, and it's fucking insane. Yeah, it gets pretty wild. Like, so, Cohagen's guys are essentially ambushing the room to mm. take him out. Um, they do get the upper hand on him and knock him out. They do, and they knock him out, and then while he's being carried out, or he's, like, being taken away, Melina shows back up. 
and it's basically Melina versus the wife. Yeah, so uh, Melina shows up. She guns down most of the guys. Mm. And then uh, her and Sharon Stone, Lori, have Lori, okay. uh, a fight. And that fight culminates in Arnie getting a gun. And shooting and Lori. And shoots her in the face. Um, and that moment is just fucking awesome. <laughs> boom! Blown away. And then Richter finds his girlfriend with the shot in her head. And Richter, I feel like Michael Ironsides could have done more at that point. Because he's already shown his anger. I think it should have been worse. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think he could have... I think he could have put a lot more, like, aggression into that whole oh, thing. Oh, God, yeah. But... I also think he was trying to play that character as much more cold. So... Like, oh, bitch is dead. I lost that. Fuck. Like, it affects him, which is why he almost he does that. His little almost shoots them, even yeah. though he shouldn't thing. But you see that he gets over it kind of quickly Yeah. as the movie progresses. Um, so next... Uh, they what are, the hell happens they, they run basically back to the last resort, and Tommy hides them in the back of it. Um, Michael I, uh, Richter shows up with the government and starts, you know, mowing everybody down, like killing, killed the triple-breasted lady, poor woman. And I guess three breasts are not as good as two. Um, is about ready to kill the little person, Hooker. Damn little puss- person, Hooker, fi- has a hidden knife and just stabs one of the dudes so violently. I'm like, damn, girl. She stabbed him in the dick. Oh, my <laughs> God. Just like, nope, you don't need this anymore, eunuch. Um, Jesus Christ. Um, and Co- Copenhagen? Cohagen. Cohagen. So Switzerland decides not to be neutral ever again. Copenhagen. I th- Copenhagen is in Switzerland, right? I think it is. I don't think so. I could be wrong, but... I don't know. I gotta look it up before I offend, like, an entire... Oh, God, it's in Denmark. I'm an asshole. So Denmark shows... (laughs) Well, fuck. (laughs) I've just offended. (laughs) I am so sorry. I don't know European geography. I was taught in American schools, and obviously, they're not good. Especially the town I grew up in. No, this place sucks. The education is not good here, guys. And I apologize if I offend anybody. But yeah, um, Cohagen shows up on a screen in front of Richter. And he's like, we've got him. He's like, pull out. Why? Just pull out. I got it. And he seals this entire quadrant off and seals them off from air. Like, Cohagen is slowly going to suffocate an entire sector, sector of people on Mars. Because they possibly hid this man which leads me future question but it leads me to that question too so i'll get to to that part so they go to escape and they're escaping through these old tunnel routes and benny's there and you get to if anybody's ever played skyrim you get to what looks like catacombs and i'm not kidding you when you get lost in the it's the derg catacombs the, the Draugr. The Draugr catacombs. These things look like Draugrs. Like, 
lying in the walls looks like joggers. Yeah, it looks like if you if you go through any of the small like ruins or dungeons in Skyrim, and they go there's, like there's that. like these little there's always like these little like burial um, nooks yep. that there are like Draugr skeletons in. Yep. And only people who play Skyrim will no. understand any of this. But that is exactly what this exactly area looks like. Exactly what they look like. Which absolutely killed me because I'm like, oh my god, there, there's Draugrs. And as I said that to him, this looks like Skyrim, right? One of the dude's arms moves. <laughs> I'm like, Ugh, it is Skyrim. But uh, we find out that Benny is explaining like... Um, why, like, oh, why did you help us? And he takes his hand off and unfurls his arm, and his arm has, like, three fingers, and it's, like, double the length, and he's like, oh, you're a mutant? He's like, yep. He's like, I'm fighting for the cause. Which, I was like, oh, that's really cool that he chose a mutant, too, and he's helping all of them out to kind of liberate Mars from Kohagen. Um, so then the Draugr moves, and I freak out, and I'm like, Skyrim. Um, but it's actually... It's the rebels. It's the rebels um, accepting them into where they need to go. And he's meeting with Tummy Baby. Quato. Quato. Um, you get in front of the dude. I don't remember the dude's name. The normal guy. It's just, it was like a normal everyday I don't, name. Yeah, I don't know. Quato's the, host. I'm going to call it the host dude. Yeah, he's a, he is Quato, essentially. Yeah. But, but he goes by another name because he is himself a Quato. I'm not even kidding. Stomach baby. They, Quato is They're essentially like, like Siamese twins. Yeah. And he didn't eat him in the womb. He just kind of a mutated belly baby. And he can see into somebody's mind. Yeah, he's basically like a psychic. So he grabs um, Quaid's hands and he leads him through what he's forgotten. And what he's forgotten is a 500,000-year-old alien relic that they built, which is basically a giant thermal, like... Yeah, so this is essentially leading us into the, the sci-fi finale, parts, yeah. which you learn that the, There's a the entire core of Mars is made of ice, and that this machine essentially melts the ice... And releases oxygen, yep. which will alter the atmosphere of the planet. To It'll be basically inhabitable. turn it into an Earth's atmosphere, a brand new, pure Earth atmosphere with no like pollution, no nothing. And you find out that Cohagen has. I'm gonna, I'm gonna suffer for this the whole time. Cohagen has known about this, and because he wants to keep the monopoly, he's making sure that he controls the air, but. By doing this, it will essentially eat up all of the mineral or all of the metal that they've been mining off of Mars. So Cohagen will literally lose his entire grip on Mars. He will oh, no longer absolutely. be um, be the, the tyrant of this place. Um, so once they do that, he talks to him a little. Um, all of a sudden, the army shows up. They break right through and they're like, we knew where you were. It's like, how the fuck did you guys know? Like, he is deep, deep, deep in the underground of Mars. Like, what is happening? Um, so they capture him. They kill Quaddle. And Quaddle's last words to... Or they kill Quaddle's host. And Quaddle's last words to Quaid is, start the reactor. Get to the reactor. Start yes, the reactor. Yes, and in this same scene, you learn that the reason they got found out was because Benny is a spy. Benny is a spy. Benny ratted them out because he... 
basically is like Benny from The Mummy. Whichever side benefits him better. Oh, yeah. Being on the government side at that point is the winning side, as opposed to the losing side who just lost their basic commander. Like, he's gone. Like, like, Cohagen is pretty much, oh, no, revolution's over, I win. And then the whole fucking bullshit of Hauser comes out. And this is where I have the most amount of questions. Well, all right. So, yeah, so that they get taken to Cohagen. Cohagen essentially lays out the entire thing that uh, what we thought was going on, where we it looked like Hauser was switching sides, mm-hmm. and that's why he helped Quaid, is false. It, and it turns out that for the past year, Cohagen and Hauser created the idea of Quaid so that he could infiltrate the resistance. Yep. And this all essentially gets laid out through uh, Cohagen's um, explanation and a video that Hauser left for Quaid. Yes. Which got to me and how I was thinking, okay. God, I had so I had like five or six questions. It's killing me. Well, before we wrap, we get to the climax do, here. Do we need? Do we need to go to an ad break? I think it's time that we take a little break. We'll stew on these questions for a minute while you guys learn a little bit about our sponsors. Stay tuned. We interrupt your regularly scheduled film talk for this important announcement. I know what you're thinking. Oh, God, not an ad. But trust me, if you have ever had a passing interest in podcasting, then you're going to want to hear about Anchor. Anchor is a podcast platform by Spotify, and it is way easier to make a podcast with absolutely everything you need to capture your audience all in one place. Anchor has the tools to help you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And choosing to host with Anchor means that you can distribute your podcast on all major listening platforms, like Spotify, naturally, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. It also allows you to begin earning money with your show with no minimum listener requirements. Anchor was our first and only choice when we decided to start our show, and we cannot recommend it enough. So if you have an idea to podcast, don't wait any longer. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So one of my questions I had was Melina. Very close to Hauser and they started falling in love. Did Hauser at one point question being a double agent? Like, uh, if he fell for Molina, was he actually like, oh, when this first started, I really was Cohagen's friend. And now that I've fallen in love with Molina and we really did have feelings for each other, was I going to double cross the double cross? Well, I think there may have been some degree of, like, thought there like Mm. i'm sure like there were some feelings of some kind yeah but i think hauser ultimately would have remained the bad guy yeah he couldn't secure quaid the same way though yeah i like how quaid is 100 percent different from hauser like he was still like having the nightmares as hauser but Quaid was more invested in the good guys. He saw the good in the rebellion. He saw the good in this because it's like, why is this man controlling 
people like like people from earth like can't the people from earth come up here and stop him like that was one of my other questions like why are there all these rebellions why is there all this thing like didn't somebody on earth go hey we're gonna go up and investigate and figure out what's happening yeah that's something about this movie they don't ever like introduce the the idea that you know people on earth would question like what is happening get involved it's like mars is like a different entity altogether and like earth restrictions don't apply you know what i mean it's yeah but it doesn't make sense to me because if someone is taking advantage of the people on mars they essentially are not martians at that point they are immigrated earthlings so they are still from earth so I would think in this early of like exploration, to like colonization and stuff like that, Earth would still get involved. Like, wait, how come you can't keep the peace? What's going on? We're gonna investigate. That's what I feel like yeah, should it, have happened. Ultimately, it doesn't make that much sense. Mm. Like logistically, there would be Earth involvement. Yeah. And I, I don't really know. They just don't explain that. No. Oh. So, if Richter was not in on the plot, why was Richter's wife the one that had to marry Quaid? I essentially feel like she needed to be in on the plot knowing that, oh, once this was all done, I would go back to Richter. Alright, so Cohagen only gives out enough information that's needed like he yeah. doesn't give out more than he needs to so i think that richter and his girlfriend wife whatever the hell she is Bot. um she is she was already working for Kohagen. i think they probably just got together through work yeah and um i think she was just assigned this role I don't think, and she was probably only told what she had to be told. Yeah. So, like, I need you to just pretend to be his wife, report back on what he does. And that was the extent of it. Yeah. So, I don't think there was any, like, reason for her to be chosen. I think she was just the best for the job. Okay. The most trustworthy for the job. Alright. And Richter feels like he is an absolute puppet. Like, oh, my girlfriend died? Cool. Oh, I wasn't in on the plot. You kept it from me to make me be on my toes. All right. If I was Richter, I would have shot Cohagen in the face and taken over. Yeah. That's, um, that's kind of a dick move to be like, oh, two best friends are using me? Fuck you. There was a... Uh, so, back in the, like early 90s and 80s like movies like this, there was like kind of a hierarchy system that they used for villains mm. a lot of the time so you'd have like the big head guy in this case it was Cohagen and then there'd be his underlings in varying stages mm. so like in this case you have Richter he was the guy in black uh, below him is that the the guy with the glasses oh, the, the, the guy the in guy gray tracking, yeah. like he was in gray they were color coded yeah like it, and that's just how those characters were mm. like this was your role, this was what you stayed, you didn't, like... You could have easily written somebody that 
did that went at, uh, turned on Cohagen. Yeah. But that's just not. This was a stereotypical like format. Yeah. So much so that when uh, when uh, Joe made the Mind's Eye. Yeah. He did the exact same thing with his villains. He did, yeah. So you I had. That. Yeah. So you had uh, like. In that movie, it was Lucicero. Michael Lucicero plays... I forget their characters' names, but he was, like, the guy in black. Yep. And then below him was uh, Jeremy Gardner's character, who was the guy in brown. Yep. Like, and they just did it that way. Hmm. I guess I didn't watch enough action movies to, like, understand that hierarchy. But Starship Troopers did have that as well. The NPH wore white... Well, Starship Troopers is a whole other animal because that that movie's based around um, like uh, what do you call it? The <sighs> I can never remember the exact term when I'm trying to talk about it, but mm. the um, like the way Nazi Germany was. So like the militaristic kind of like the totalitarian yeah. government. So like um. And by the end of that movie, NPH is wearing, like, full-on SS officer yeah, uniform. Yeah, like, head honcho at that point, trying to get everybody on board, and then they're, like, seeing, this is not what we should be doing. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, you're just, we're lambs to the slaughter at this point. It's yeah. kind of bullshit. I hate that movie on so many levels. We'll have to go over it at some point. <sighs> My brother's going to be so happy here. My brother loves Starship Troopers. He a really lot of did. people love Starship I Troopers. I fucking hated Starship Troopers. Hated it. One of the best characters just killed in the beginning. And I sit there and I go, Don't worry, buddy. You got out early. Huh? Alright, so essentially we're in our big climax now. Yeah. Um, we have... Quaid and Melina racing for the reactor. Yep. Um, Benny tries to stop them. Benny oh, gets killed. Arnie puts a drill right through Benny, which is funny. Oh, it's hilarious. Oh, it's... Oh! Everybody's screaming. Um, they get to the, uh, the reactor area. There's, it's a big final confrontation, so, like, you got a bunch of guys pursuing them. Arnie uses the hologram to, mm-hmm. um fake them out yep uh he then gets confronted by richter there's a big fight on elevator between the two of them yep and which leads to richter's unfortunate demise (laughs) richter's demise is probably my favorite because he's quite holding on to his arms and then his arms like from here get ripped off and then he falls and I wanted Arnie to just be, have such uh, a better, like, one-liner. I was like, gotta give Riker, uh, Richter a hand. Like, or something stupid and he doesn't, he doesn't. Well, do. no, it, it, instead it plays off of, like, right before they try to brainwash them, uh, he says, uh, see you at the party. Oh yeah, see and you then- at the party, Hauser. Yeah, and then, so when he's, his arms get ripped off, he throws his arms at him, and he's just like, see you at the party, Richter! Oh, God. (laughs) Um, and then we get to Hauser, Quaid, and 
coping, having a final standoff, and he blows the back window or the back wall out completely, and they're getting sucked into the the atmosphere of Mars. <laughs> and Arnie hits that fucking thing, and it starts to heat up the the core, but unfortunately. It's not heating up fast enough, and Copenhagen goes out first, and you see some of the most ridiculous, very well done, but ridiculous practical of their eyes bulging, them going, ah, their skin's bulging, their, the blood's coming out of them in certain areas, and they're suffocating. And, like, obviously, Copenhagen probably went out about seven or eight seconds before the other two, but Melina and Quaid go out too. And they're suffering ah, as you're seeing like the whole place decompress, windows being breaking, people being like pulled out into the atmosphere and shit. And I just remember watching this looking at you because it lasts a long time thinking, what the fuck? This is not what it would look like if you get thrown out into no atmosphere space. No. So this was still during a time where explosive decompression was like the what we assumed yes. would happen um however i think now we've realized that if you were to get sucked out into space yes you would not be able to breathe but as soon as you take in a breath your entire internal system would freeze up yes and you would essentially just die of absolute cold yeah you'd hit absolute zero yeah. essentially your body would if they could so my thing is, if you were to, that accident were to happen, and they can get you in quick enough, they may have enough time to rethaw you out, but you would have brain damage, you would have trouble breathing, your organs would be in failure. But there would be an extremely slim chance of saving you. The way they were suffocating, there's no way any, any three of those would have, would, have would have been able to do that. They would have gotten sucked out and died immediately. They would have been like, oh, sorry. You're gone. You're dead. Yeah. But to make more dramatic effect that they couldn't breathe, it was at least, I would say, a good minute and a half to two minutes of this dramatic... <gasps> if you have to pull up any scene, pull up that scene. Pull up the ending when Melina and Arnold are outside trying to gasp for air. The practicals are gorgeous, but you're sitting there nowadays going, that's not how it will work. <laughs> like, no, but it's incredible to oh watch. Oh my god. The eye bulging and like the amount of prosthetics that were on them. And their their hands are blown up, their bodies are blown up. They're like, <gasps> stuff that once they stop, they look normal. If that's really what's happening to you, you would be deformed for the rest of your life. Well, I think that was some of the idea behind the mutants as well yeah where they couldn't breathe and they were suffocating so they stayed the same so why didn't melina and and um quaid come out looking a little funny i think uh the mutants were due to long-term exposure to low oxygen okay um but again none of this is explained no none of and that's what i would like i i wanted more explanation on not much just a little bit there wasn't very much explanation and it was like but yeah, uh, so eventually the machine transforms the atmosphere of the planet. And, and it looks like a blue-skied sunny day on Earth, on Mars. It does, and... It starts raining in certain parts, there's thunderstorms, there's... It's very interesting, it's like, huh, 
Now you have a, a had a habit habitable ha habitable habitable planet that you don't have to work as hard to maintain. And I'm hoping that now that Richter and Copenhagen is gone or Copen has gone. Cohagen. Cohagen. Fuck me. I'm do I'm having a rough afternoon. Um what now that they're gone, maybe Quaid and Melina will take over and run the place and it will be a little more functioning, a better place to live for humans, Martians, and mutants alone. Alright, well shall we get into our closing questions? Absolutely. Alright, what were your overall thoughts on the film? I still don't love it, but it was better than I thought. I went into it thinking it was going to suck. I really did. Because I, I didn't really like Terminator. And I'm not a huge fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger. But this movie was better than I thought it would be. So I, I liked it. Don't really need to watch it ever again, but I liked it. Alright, um, uh, as I said at the end of last week's video, this is a movie that I grew up watching. Um, it's one I still very much enjoy. Um, I'm a, a pretty big fan of most of Paul Verhoeven's work. Uh, I like his style, like, I like his, his aesthetic of, like, a more violent, visceral action. Yeah. Um... I I enjoy I enjoy the story of this movie. Like I like that it's a more deeply layered um, sci-fi action film. Um, it's not your stereotypical like thoughtless violent film. Like yeah. it, it maintains violence, but it's also like there's thought put into it. It's intriguing. It makes me want to pick up the book. What more is in this story? Yeah, I, I've kind of always wanted to read um, this story. I, I don't know if it's a short story or if it's a full novel. Let me go to... I was looking at the name of it and more about it. Back up. There we go. Um, it's based off a book. We can remember it... For You Wholesale. For You Wholesale by Philip K. Dick. Um, let me see... It was, it was first published in a magazine of fantasy and science fiction in April 1966. Um, it was released as a book in 1990. Um, let's see how, 382 pages. So yeah, it's, it's an actual it's an actual book, and it has, like, actual chapters in it. So this one might be one that we need to, uh, to pick up, just to have in the, uh, the book collection, because you're, you're, you collect Stephen King, you have maybe a couple odds and ends. I love, like, horror books, thrilling fantasy books, so that might be one that I, uh, that I pick up just to kind of read about a little bit. To be fair, I know that the book for this is, is quite a bit different mm. um but like the first lines of it are donald quaid works at a mediocre desk job yeah so i think they did construction because arnie is 
pump you up. He's well, big. yeah, exactly. If you put Arnie just in a suit behind a desk, it would it would look stupid. So they're like, oh, well, let's make him a construction worker. It makes more sense. It's yeah. still like a lo- somewhat lowly job. Yeah. But yeah, that makes sense. Oh, excuse me. Um, did you have any favorites? <laughs> um, my favorite scene and my favorite line. Let me bring it up. Are the hologram scene. I loved when he just shows up and starts laughing and giggling and cackling. And then Arnie turns the corner and there's three soldiers there. And he's like, ha ha ha, you think this is the real Quaid? It is. And I'm just, I laughed too hard because I'm like, god damn it, that was actually pretty clever. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's always been one of my favorite moments oh my in the movie. You think this is the real Quaid? It is. I'm sorry, what just happened? <laughs> what about you? What were your favorites? Um, so I think my favorite lines, like other than that one, um, the get your ass to Mars has always been somewhat humorous to, to me. Yep. I think it's just the way Arnie says it. Get your ass to Mars. Um, consider that a divorce. When he shoots his wife in the head. Oh, consider this. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Oh my god. Um, I think my favorite moments of the movie are... I really like the the scene with where the guy shows up from Recall in the hotel. Yes. Um, that, make, that actually made me think. Like, is this all fake? Is this all... He's still in that fucking thing. I actually have a question about that scene for you. Okay. Do you think that so that in that scene, the guy comes in, he explains to him, it's like, oh, you're still at recall. This is all in your head. He hands him a red pill. Do you think that that might have been an inspiration for the Matrix, the whole red and blue pill thing? Oh my God, maybe. I've always wondered that. Because it's a very similar scene, and it has to do with a similar idea. I, I, at that point, you'd have to ask the Wachowski sisters, like Lana and... I forget the other one. Um, you'd have to ask them what they think. But yeah, I didn't think of that. God damn it. Talk about things you're going to think about at four in the morning when you get up to pee, then go to bed and be like, Is that, is that what I was trying to make this? Or what happened? God damn it. Yes, I know, sweetheart. I know, I know. Come here. Come here. Come here. The cat is crying. I don't know why. She's so needy. She, like, wants love and pets, but then the minute you pick her up, like, you get her like this for maybe a couple seconds. She's getting better. And then she's flicking her tail. And then she, there she goes, and then she gets antsy, and then, ow. <laughs> oh, what, she got me. Um, alright. Does this work? I mean, thousands upon thousands of people say it does, so sure. I'll say sure. Does this work for you? Uh, it's Arnie, so I'm biased, so I'm going to say... Mm, it's ridiculous. It's out there. It's sci-fi. It's crazy. It makes you think, and I'm very, very glad that there's an intelligent movie out of this. It's intelligent. Because it did make me sit there and go, is Quaid really evil? Is Hauser really evil? 
Was he always in a simulation? Is he still stuck at the recall building? Like, it makes you think the way that the Matrix makes you think. But, eh, that's all I can answer. I can just, eh, uh, okay, yeah, okay. What about you? Um, for me, yeah, this works because I go into this not expecting, you go into this not expecting more than a action sci-fi movie, but it does bring you a different level of intellectual storytelling as well. I personally, this is one of my favorite Arnold movies. Um, I'd rather watch this than like a lot of his other stuff. This one, um, I again, I really like Paul Verhoeven's work. So like, it delivers it delivers on the action in like a heavier way than most action movies do. Mm-hmm. So like, the cutting is faster. The violence is amped up. The uh, music and the, the you have shit exploding all over the fucking place. There's like windows blowing out everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, gratuitous violence. Gratuitous violence. Gratuitous violence. Um, yeah, this for me personally, as someone who loves seventies and eighties action movies, this this works. Nineties. Yes, but it still carries that like eighties action aesthetic. This is nineteen ninety, so it's basically an eighties movie. It's basically, it's ba- well, it started in the eighties. It was made in the 80s. It was made... Probably they were filming this while you were being born. Probably. Um, would you recommend it? Yeah, for people that like this kind of movies, I would. I wouldn't recommend this to all my friends. A lot of my family members wouldn't care about this. But yeah. Yeah, sure. It makes you think. I like, I like thought-provoking films. Um, I would, of course, recommend it. Um, I'm going to recommend it to anybody who likes these kinds of, like, anybody who likes action movies. Anybody who likes sci-fi movies. Um, and I'm talking, like, real sci-fi movies. Like, movies that deal with science fiction concepts, not just movies set in the future. You know what I mean? Blade Runner and shit like that. Yes, to some degree. Like, you have to... You have to like action. Blade Runner is not really action-y. That one's more noir. I cannot wait to watch that. I've never seen that. Oh, you're going to like that one. Um, But yeah, I, I would recommend this. I think it's a really fun movie. And it's fun to watch Arnold just be ridiculous. And he is definitely ridiculous in this film. Which, it's kind of funny. He, uh... Have you ever seen the... I assume you've never seen the teaser trailer for this movie. No. So the teaser trailer for this movie is... It's literally just a shot of Arnold's face. Like, so it's like his face and he's lit in all like blue and it's like floating in space essentially. And it like... It it just does this like interesting shot like around his face and his face ends up in profile at the top of the screen. And um... It like pans down, you see Mars, and it's just there's a voiceover over it. It's a very science fiction trailer. Hmm. Arnold saw that trailer and made them recut a new one because he felt that they should show off the action, 
which is the trailer we ultimately got. It's the one that's going to be at the beginning of and the beginning of this video. Yeah. Um, and the end of the last week's video. Uh, but I almost wonder what would have happened if that teaser trailer is all that we had gotten. Like, I think, I feel like it, the movie probably wouldn't have sold as well because mm. at the time, thought-provoking trailers didn't really sell. You yeah. had to sell the, the action. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I think if it were to come out today, that's the trailer that would sell, I think. The, yeah. The teaser. Anything that makes you think lately. Like, big, big example is when we saw the trailer for The Night House. Fuck, that really got us and made us think. After we saw the movie... I didn't hate that movie, though. <laughs> I'm really sorry. It's hard to keep this funny and I scared you. It sucked, in my opinion. It is a movie about grief, which now I think if I watched it, man, might understand a little more. I might understand that aspect a little more now with what, I, with what happened in March with my friend passing away. But when we saw it, I was like, the fuck is this? Like, it was not... The concept sounded great, but it ju I just don't think it was executed really well. I think it was poorly executed. Yeah, that that's one. It was like a it's a movie about grief ultimately, but it's it dabbles in cosmic horror. And which I love cosmic horror, but I don't think it was done right. I think they could have taken it to a different level. They could have they could have either made it less subtle and more scary, or in your face, like. Make the grief the beginning of it and then go into the cosmic horror harder. This just kind of went grief, 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 cosmic horror. It wasn't hard enough. It needed to either be more subtle or just fucking lean into it and go with it, guys. I think they should have leaned into it. Mm. I also appreciate very, very, very subtle horror. Like, things don't need to be right off the bat fucking terrifying. I love when things make you like horror makes me think that's more terrifying than anything. Agreed. Yep. And these days, that's mostly what we get. It's all uh, atmospheric horror. There's a couple of horror movies we bought that we haven't even cracked open. That I'm waiting for a, a really good rainy day to crack that Nicolas Cage The Color Space. Partially because I want to see it and how good it is. Partially because I'm terrified it might suck. Yeah, I, I've i tried not to hear anything about that one, but... I mean, I've heard nothing. I've only seen, like, what flashes, like, couple, like the trailer and a couple other things. I've really tried to avoid any kind of spoilers with that. Because Lovecraft... While Lovecraft, the material, is amazing, execution on the screen doesn't always go well. No. I mean, it goes poor. And the only thing I've watched that was executed decent was Into the Mouth of Madness with Sam Neill and I don't remember the other guy that was really weird but but I love Sam Neill anything Sam Neill touches is great um how would you make this today I wouldn't want to I like the practical in the 90s and the 80s I like the cast that it has I think someone would go too big and ruin this and they did what? Yes, there is a remake of Total Recall. Came out 
not that long ago, uh, starring Colin Farrell and Kate Beckinsale. Did it tank? Because I've never. Oh, heard it's of it. a great big pile of shit. Oh, I feel like this needs to be watched then. Which is unfortunate because in the remake, Cohagen is played by Brian Cranston. Ooh. And he does great in the movie. He he does great as always. Yeah. And I think if it wasn't called Total Recall, I would like it more. Oh, no. But it, it, it's just not... It's not. It's, it's not up to par. It's not up to snuff. It, by comparison, it, it's a great big pile of trash. It's fucking awful. This is the only one that exists in my mind. Leave this one there. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, as we say with most things, I I feel like if you're going to do this at all now, just... You can do a series. That would be an interesting way to make it different. Yeah. And you could explore more of it. You could probably see some of the backstory of, like, uh, Hauser and Molina before he becomes Quaid. Hauser and Cohagen. Hauser and Cohagen. Like, that stuff would be interesting to see. Yeah. How the Rebels came to be, how that came to birth. I like prequels explaining more. But I wouldn't want anything after. I don't want to see the after. I want oh, to think no, of it that. as everything turned out great and everybody's happy. Um, is this mainstream exploitation mainstream. or other? Mainstream. Mainstream other because it was pushing a little bit of a boundary with like the creative nudity, the mutants, the storyline. But it's mainstream. There is nothing. There is nothing exploitation about this. Yeah, I agree. Mainstream action sci-fi movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger from 1990. Like I mean, that man was the action. Him, Sylvester Stallone, um, Seagal, Steven Seagal, and Jean-Claude Van Damme. 80s, 90s actions. If they were attached to it, it was an action movie. Pretty much. I mean, even Jingle All the Way is a fucking action movie, for God's sake. To some degree. Um, I do have an additional... An additional question for you this week. Ooh. So, uh, I wrote down some extra notes for this. Um, And my question is, now that you've seen this movie, Mm -hmm. you've taken in this story, Mm -hmm. was it all real or was it all in his head? I mean, it's the same thing that I feel with Matrix. Is it all real or is it all in fucking Mr. Anderson's head? Like, I honestly think to some degree that it could all be in his head. We never see him leave. Recall. We see them sedate him and then we see him in a cab. We never see him physically leave. I would love to think because I love pain and suffering a little that he is still in the recall center and this is all in his head he got exactly what he wanted and he's still there okay what about you um so like you I tend to enjoy the darker side of things Mm -hmm. so I personally like to think that he's still in recall Um, but 
I took a, I wrote down a couple of notes here that I thought just interesting points. Mm. And um, nothing major, but just things I kind of noticed that I thought was lent lent to each mm. side of the spectrum. So you have. Uh, We'll start with why uh, with it not being a simulation. Yeah. It's not all on his head. Um, why would the film show us any of the people at Recall after they sedate, resedate him after he comes out and he's all freaking out? Okay. Why would they show us any of that of them talking about dumping him in the cab and getting erasing it? We wouldn't need to see that. We no. would just fade out with him. That's very true. Um. Right during and throughout the early moments of the movie, you can watch the character, like the other characters around Quaid, his wife, Harry. They all have these little moments. Like she says goodbye to him, have a nice day, and then it holds with her as she's like kind of contemplative thinking. Uh, after he asks Harry about recall, Harry kind of like stares him down, like all concerned. Like, there's these moments that it holds on that you don't need. But it, these are moments that would give away that there's something more there. Okay. On first viewing, you could probably overlook them. I'm going to switch over to reasons for it being a simulation, which I have significantly more. <laughs> um, so. The first one that I, I notice is that everything that the salesman says to Doug, um, McLean, the, the guy he talks to at Recall, um, everything he says is accurate. Okay. So he's talking to he's talking to him about, at first, oh, on these vacations you can avoid all the hassles of an actual vacation. So you get none of uh, no crooked cab drivers, no... Um, uh, no crooked cab drivers. Initially, the first cab driver he interacts with after recall is a robot. He wouldn't be crooked. He's just a robot. Yep. Technically, that falls apart a little bit with Benny, but that's a whole different thing. Yeah. Um, lousy weather. There's no weather on Mars yep. until the end. Um, the the way he describes the ego trip is exactly. What happens to Doug? Yep. Beat for beat. Um. They. Oh. Uh. When Doug describes the woman, he's picking out all the features: blonde, uh, not blonde, brunette, athletic. Um. What do you say, sleazy and uh, yeah. demure? Yeah. And then it literally shows a picture of her. Not the, just of a woman who looks like her, of, of the her, actress. The actual actress, yes. So, alright, why would it be exactly her? It would be. It would no. be a similar looking, like, woman. Yeah. Um, uh, why would Harry... How would Harry know that he went to recall at all? You suggested that because... He followed him. He followed him. Yeah. That kind of makes sense. Like I, I definitely can see that 
make that working. He Otherwise, he just knows. He followed his friend out of concern, but once he's in the simulation and comes out, then he believes, oh, I'm an, uh, I'm a spy. I'm an, you know, uh, uh, undercover, and Harry's here to kill me. Like, I can see everything for the he's in a simulation the entire way through. Yes. Um, towards the end, uh, when they try to rewrite their minds, mm. they have the exact same type of memory implant machines at Cohigan's base oh, that Recall they, has. Yeah. Yep. And it, is this because those are the only way Quaid knows what the machines look like? Yeah. So in his mind, they're the same looking machines. Yep. Why would they be the same machine? They wouldn't be. Yeah. You would think they would have something either more advanced or di- at least different looking. Yeah. Um, and then, then there's the premise of the entire movie, like that that big reveal at the end where he's saying like, "Oh, the entire core of Mars is ice, and when it heat superheats it, it releases oxygen." Logistically, that's wrong. It is 100% wrong. If you superheated ice, it just releases water vapor. And since we're not water-based life forms, that would do nothing for us. It would create storm clouds in the atmosphere, but then you would just get a cycling storm that would never end. Right. So, this doesn't make any sense. And honestly, like, I'm not an expert, but... I will show you a clip from, uh, actually, I'll show the audience and uh, let the audience hear a clip from Red Letters, Red Letter Media's um, review of this, where they actually talk about the same exact thing. Really? Um, I'll put that here. So, my thought is that you're, this makes sense to a person who doesn't understand the logistics of creating an atmosphere. Hmm. So he he's a lowly construction worker. He wouldn't know that ice doesn't create oxygen. You know what I mean? So he just accepts what his mind makes up. Yeah. Um, these are my little notes on that. But I think you're pretty much 100% right. Like... Where the science fiction doesn't add up, where the, like, science doesn't add up, it makes you, it makes an imprint for, that's not real, so it's all fake. Like, we're humans that go by logic. We, we think logically. Some of us live in a fantasy world, and that's okay. This is a lot of fantasy. Like. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's an enjoyable story. It is. Which, it makes me accept the story more if he never got out of recall. Like, I'm okay with that, where he's not happy in his marriage, something's missing, you know, his friends are suspicious, like, oh, why do you need to do this? What if, you know, his wife was very concerned because he's, in the background, he was seeing someone about, you know, missing memories, and he's been having trouble and all this stuff, and what if he went to recall to escape his unhappy wife? And he's still there. It's possible. We all wish we could have an escape kind of like this. Alright, I think that brings our discussion on Total Recall to an end. Uh, But don't go anywhere. Please stay tuned for the coming attractions.
wie in einem Albtraum. zu überbieten sind. Nachts, wenn das Licht ausgeht und die Treppen auf einmal knarren, erleben Sie die Nacht der rollenden Köpfe. weiß, ob er Mensch oder Biest ist. Keiner weiß, wer er ist oder wo er ist. Ist er hinter der Tür, vor dem Fenster, auf dem Dach? Nur Sie werden wissen, dass er die schreckenerregendste Leinwandfigur der Saison ist. Wenn Sie nach der Nacht der lebenden Toten und der Nacht der reitenden Leichen schlaflose Nächte hatten, verpassen Sie nicht die Nacht der rollenden Köpfe. Und so urteilt die Presse. Ein Film im Stil von Hitchcock. Er übersteigt bisherige Vorstellungen von Horrorszenen. Robert Hoffmann und Susan Scott in dem Film Die Nacht der rollenden Köpfe. Kommen Sie nicht allein in diesen Film, denn wenn Sie diese Schritte hören, brauchen Sie einen nervenstarken Partner, an den Sie sich festklammern können. Unfortunately, due to a technical glitch, we lost our outro for this week's episode. So here I am, several days later, filling in the blanks. The trailer you all just saw was for the 1973 German giallo thriller Death Carries a Cane, starring Susan Scott. This one was one of Leah's picks. It's one that neither of us have ever seen, and as a huge fan of Giallo cinema, I cannot express how excited I am to check out a new one. There's always something about the style of Giallo films that I find exciting. That over-the-top violence and bright paint-colored blood on exposed flesh always makes for a fun ride. If you enjoyed this episode of Grindhouse, please consider following us on Facebook and Instagram at Grindhouse Podcast. We are on Twitter at GrindhouseCast. You can chat with Leah over on our Discord at Grindhouse Podcast. If you're enjoying the show and you want a more visual experience, subscribe to us on YouTube where you can get every single episode in its entirety with video. If you want to help support the show, come find us on Patreon or support us directly on Anchor. All of that information is going to be listed down in the show notes. Until next time, I'm Sean. Leah sends her best. Thank you for listening, and keep watching. 
about the shocking nature of many scenes in this film, it is definitely not recommended for the squeamish. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.